Are you ready? <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> Don't be scared. <laughs> I want to start by saying hello to Singapore. Hi. <laughs> There's nothing more exciting to me than seeing that we have listeners from Singapore. I know. That's so and cool. I was like a kid when I found out. Um, but I want to tell you a couple of fun facts okay. about, I looked it up. So they're the first place to have a night zoo. I want to go to that. Which it sounds like the coolest thing in the world yeah. because I inherently like nighttime mm-hmm. and I love animals. So that just sounds that so cool. That is cool. I, I don't know much about it, but it sounds amazing. The other thing is they have a really funny law oh, where unless it is for a, a purpose which i'll go into you're not it's legally banned to chew gum what do you mean for a purpose so you can chew like nicotine gum but you can't just chew right why it's banned i don't know why but isn't all right singapore audience please let us know why and you can let us know by yes by emailing us we have an email Um, yeah, let us know, but also you can email us and we'd love to share it on our next podcast. Um, any kind of crazy stories, anything, it, it doesn't have to be murder. It doesn't have to be crime, crime can murder, be. haunting, something crazy that happened to you. It can be something heartwarming and yeah. cool. It can be just, you were bored and wanted to write us and let us know. We yep. just want to hear from Or you. there's a lot of people that write like really cool stories, like just fictional stories too. So if you want to do that. Do that too. Oh yeah, we. I mean, we. How are we gonna know? Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> Write a crazy <laughs> story and just tell us that it's true and it happened to oh you. Oh my gosh. But you can email us at shotofcrime at gmail dot com. Yeah, and we'll have that in the episode notes too. Yes. If you um, want to look it up? But yeah, we would love to hear from you and, and feature you on our next podcast. Yeah, we. Um, obviously, we're not professionals we're just kind of two people who think <laughs> but we'll this be is your fun. friends <laughs> and so we're we're very like low-key about it you're not gonna like not hear from us if you email us no like, it's, it's we'll probably be really excited and yeah we're very that we get an email amateur like, even if you go write us an email and say hi we will be very oh my happy. gosh hi <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're we're nerds about it but it's fine um yes Let's do our, our... Wait, anything else crazy happened? Um, okay, yes. Okay. Not crazy, but like a little bit for me. So the first episode, we talked about how I didn't really like haunting stuff, and I was like kind of scared of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know why in my brain I thought it would be a good idea to watch um, <laughs> the new Netflix show. It's like Haunting at Bly Manor or something yes. like that. I don't know why. I really don't know why I clicked on it. Don't know why I started watching it. I was like four episodes in, and I was like, I'm good. I'm fine. I haven't had any nightmares. I'm sleeping well. Like, nothing crazy so far. You've watched it, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, so spoiler alert. Just oh, FYI. Yeah, skip ahead like 30 seconds if you don't want Yes, to but uh, the, the scary ghost guy with the eyes, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, he's not scary. Like, I'm totally fine. And I was like, yep, cool. And then <laughs> crap hits the fan and like these scary like woman with no face. Yeah. And oh, I, after that scene, I was like, why did I do this? Yeah. And okay, so I watched that two nights ago, and last night I didn't fall asleep until two a.m. because I was terrified. I was so scared. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh. Um, I know that you watch the show, so I kind of just need a one sentence recap of what the heck happens because I'm not watching the end. Okay, we need like elevator music. So let's <laughs> let's pause right here, and I'll tell you because I don't want to tell the end, but we can put in like. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
right, nothing happened there. <laughs> that was very interesting. If you have, if you're not scared of uh, haunting stuff, definitely go watch that show. Okay, but you were not towards the end, so I basically had to like recap the show. <laughs> I didn't know how long it was. I didn't see how many. I this just stopped been... at exactly where it started getting really like scary. This would have been like a five-hour episode. If we had kept, like... <laughs> and I go on tangents too. Well, here's why this happened, and it was a it was a well done show but yeah yes, so now you're filled in yep and now you know your limit to haunting stuff yep. <laughs> definitely do because you can um, hear, i hope you can hear stories about haunting things i can okay, that's good. the thing so like you just recapping all of that to me i'm not gonna it's the visual like mm-hmm. if i see it then i can imagine it at night but i, I can't that. imagine it at night if you're just telling me a story so um before we start though you need to give me an update from the last podcast have you kept up with that tiktok that's super creepy oh my gosh you know what i literally have forgotten about it i wonder what if, if they like what if it's like deleted oh my gosh i'm gonna, i'm looking right now Hold on. <laughs> if y'all didn't watch the first episode are... basically there's this tiktok watch account wait i mean listen <laughs> sorry there's no watching we don't Please. have that available yet listen there's a tiktok account that is like it, it's what is it called don't watch this or you shouldn't be watching this you shouldn't be looking you shouldn't be looking and it's just kind of like random small videos of like just like eerie like random things that it's just the same video they had up they haven't put anything new up i don't know if that's like a good thing or a bad thing i i don't know it just says goodbye so either they're done yeah. or it's like Oh no! Something crazy is about to. Well, that's your update. Yeah, sorry, I totally forgot about no, that. No, that's okay. We we've had a bit of a crazy schedule. We're gonna try to get on a better yes. schedule. Um, but it's just, I mean, we're in a we're pandemic. in a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, we're doing so, the best we can. <laughs> thanks for being patient with us. We will get more normalcy, and we definitely want to give you guys more. Yeah, we love doing this. So, yeah, um, I mean it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> just joking. <laughs> Oh, I see. Where you're, oh, yeah. no, I love doing this. I don't know about her. I love doing this too. <laughs> it's a good distraction. It's yeah, fun. It is. All right, so we're gonna do our traditional uh, flip. Okay, I say I flip this time. Yeah, you go ahead because I can't flip. You go first every time, yeah. which is fine. Yeah. but still, it'd be nice to okay. call it in the air. All right, heads. I go first. Finally. <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't even know how to do this. <laughs> I I'm so used to like just sitting back, and, but it's gonna be nice to be done and then just listen. That's true. That's I true. I thought you enjoy that every time. All right, so that's I don't know how to do this. It's so weird. Um, the title <laughs> is A Rotten Omen. Oh goodness. Do you know the movie The Omen? Yeah. That's what we're gonna talk about today. Oh lord. We're not actually gonna talk a ton about like the physical film. Okay. But we're gonna talk about happenings around oh, the gosh. film which okay. are like kind of crazy okay um okay so I'm the ready. omen is one of the most highly acclaimed horror movies of mm-hmm. all time it has a rating of 86 on rotten tomatoes which is that's impressive a horror film is almost unheard of well even just <laughs> it's also really <laughs> nice outside. weather outside so the windows <laughs> are up so just ignore <laughs> noises um, even in general rotten tomatoes though because it's like by audience and so for that many people to be like for it yeah, to get that it is a impressive. cult classic film for sure. So there's the original, which was made in 1976, and then mm-hmm. there's the 2006 movie 
that they, like a remake, I would say they kind of did their own thing, but mm -hmm. I want you to guess what they, that movie scored, the new one. The remake? Mm -hmm. I mean, remakes are usually not as good, so I'm going to say like a 16%. Oh, that was worse. It's 26. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Remakes never do well. Yeah, but they, I mean, yeah, not did not do well. Um, okay, so I watched the original for the first time when I was researching this. I had not oh, seen the movie. I haven't which, watched it. I've heard of it, but I haven't watched it. For me, that's rare because yeah. I, I love the genre, and I, I don't know why I haven't. I didn't watch the new one because I value my time, but <laughs> <laughs> I it was very... For the time, if, you know, you consider, like, gra graphics of the time yeah. and, you know, special effects, it was very well done. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it, I mean, it was a slow burn, mm -hmm. if you're into that. I'm, I'm fine with slow build. Yeah, but, I like that, too. Um, so, uh, it's known as the most haunted and ominous film set in history. And I'm going to oh, tell you, Lord. like, you're going to understand why. Uh, so, the theory that the curse, uh, the set is cursed um, could have been propaganda or hype, but when you look into it, there's definitely evidence to support that something was going on. Could just be coincidence. Strange things happen, but mm -hmm. it's kind of if you like to lean into you know conspiracy or yeah. or that side of things. You I can, love conspiracy you theories. You can kind of think <laughs> that there is some there's yeah. some kind of something in the air. Um, short summary of the movie is that it's about a couple. Robert and Catherine, and their child dies at birth, um, and Robert makes a deal to adopt an orphan whose mother simultaneously dies in childbirth. Mm -hmm. um, Catherine, the mother, is completely in the dark of this deal, like thinks oh. this is just her baby. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So she doesn't understand. Um, basically, he makes this deal with, I think, the doctor, whoever it would be like in the hospital at that point, doctor, nurse, whoever. Mm -hmm. And then they get this baby. Um, the boy's name is Damien, and they do this like happy um, like montage. compilation montage of like happy memories together. Mm. And it was really cool and well done for the time. I was like, mm -hmm. this is really well done. And then it goes to this party and basically starts a domino effect of random people who encounter Damien like dying or something bad happens mm -hmm. so then it leads to Robert the father thinking that the son is the Antichrist oh and trying gosh. to figure out how to solve this problem that he created basically um, which I kind of agree with the assessment watching the movie <laughs> and I think that ends up being the truth and I like I mean I don't want to spoil the ending but it's it's a well-rounded movie um, okay, so according to the LA Times, a man named Robert Munger, and there's a lot of names in here and I might mispronounce them, just... That's okay. Just uh, give grace because, <laughs> uh, I don't know, um, whatever. Uh, he was the one who, he kind of thought up the idea for this movie, but mm -hmm. was hesitant when he, he brought it up to people he knew who were filmmakers. He was a Christian and he was basically like, hey, oh. once you... Once you make this movie, like, I think it's going to invite, like, bad things. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it should be made. It's going to open doors that you don't want to open. Oh, There's gosh. no turning back. Was very, this is a cool premise for a movie, but I am not, like, yeah. going to be involved. So then director Richard Donner picked it up, and he was like, I don't care. Like, I'm into yeah. it. I'm going to, you know, it was a well-done movie, so I don't blame him. Um. 
And he kind of leaned into the curse factor and kind of the... Uh, I'm sure there's people that like that. Yeah, so he was, like, sweet. Um, so an as- advertisement for the movie, um, it was, like, a poster, and it said, You have been warned. If something frightening happens to you today, think about it. It may be the omen. Oh, and then gosh. 666 is in no. the omen. <laughs> so he definitely played into yeah. the... Um, I mean, the movie's the omen, so clearly. Yeah. Um, so the first thing that happened... Not the first thing, but the thing I want to start with. It's not in chronological order, but just I'm kind of going from like building on oh, like gotcha. kind of the crazy stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. So um, first thing I want to talk about is uh, there was a couple animal incidents. So the first one was as they were filming a baboon attack scene, the animal trainer on site wanted to elicit frustration out of them and was purposely eliciting like a response from them and antagonizing them sad um yeah i i didn't like that i don't i don't know i don't know how they how you would do that now but yeah and i uh according to the director um lee remick i think is how you say her name who played Damien's mother in the movie, she was genuinely terrified in this scene and, like, traumatized by it. Oh, because gosh. Because there... It was, like, the plan for the script, and then they kind of went overboard with it, and mm. she just wasn't mentally prepared for that. Yeah. Um, and back then, you know, we've kind of insinuated this, but they didn't really have the same standards I'm or sure. precautions mm-hmm. for the actors, but also just the animals. Yeah. Like, they just didn't really care. So who knows how bad it got, like, in that moment. Yeah. Um, and so... <laughs> oh, gosh. I have a note. I'm just laughing at my own note. <laughs> I wrote out, silently crying into my cup of coffee. Because I'm sure at the moment I was thinking about these poor animals, and I was, like, really sad. But I, I don't know why I included that in my notes. But, yeah. All right. Um, the day after they filmed the scene, the trainer was killed by a tiger who grabbed him by the head and killed him instantly. What the heck? And I said, side note, Carol Baskin or no? <laughs> uh, so I just apparently, I don't know if I was like drinking while I was doing this. I, I have a lot of side notes and random things. Okay. So another animal incident involved the Rottweilers they had on set for the classic cemetery scene. So it's like this cemetery scene with um, Gregory Peck, who plays the father, um, Robert. And he's in the cemetery, and then these aggressive Rottweilers come up. And oh. it's, like, this really important, vital scene. Mm-hmm. Um, the trained dogs, who had not had any issues, they were oh, very well-trained, um, instantly snapped and started to go crazy and attacked Peck's um, stunt double. And oh, no. the, com- the trainers were giving them commands. They completely disregarded it. They were biting through his protective gear and caused major injuries to him. And so it was like this, which those dogs had never done anything like that. It was a very weird situation. At that point, I'd be like, okay, wrap it up. We're done here. (laughs) Um, Oh, and then um, I thought I included this, but I was going to say, I I don't even think I've ever told anyone this, but I had a short phase growing up where I wanted to be a stunt double. (laughs) So random. I wanted to be a Power Ranger stunt double. (laughs) Because I, I think I just heard about the concept. Because, you know, yeah. when you're kids, you think that's just the actors yeah, doing that. You don't and I was know. like, that's actually a job. I <laughs> want to do that. And then it came full circle when I had jury duty 
probably five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had Jerry Duty with someone who was over all of the stunt doubles at um, Disney. Oh, that's cool. And he, and like outside of that, he mm-hmm. was over Johnny Depp's stunt double. That's so he so had like cool. pictures. This guy looks straight up like Johnny Depp. So do you still um, have that connection? <laughs> I mean, the weird thing, he's like Johnny Depp, Tom Hardy, when he did Mad Max, mm-hmm. um, he, um, he had like several stunt doubles in that movie. Um, and then there was one really big one. I don't want to say the wrong one. I think maybe Mel Gibson or some, someone like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the weird thing about jury duty is, you know, these people and you get to know their lives and you have, I mean, he was so involved with Disney. He was involved in the building in like other countries of Disney. Oh, that's and, cool. I mean, just had the coolest stories, but you just know them by their number, and you and then you don't talk to them after. Literally after, and it was a civil case, but it was a it involved a death, so mm-hmm. it was pretty serious. And so we, when we went into delibera- deliberation, we had we were there from nine a.m. to nine p.m. That's and they give you meals and stuff, but you're spending so much time with these people. Yeah. So it was a week long case where we're with these people every day. And it's everyone from managers at grocery stores to big executives, CEOs, um, to like stay at home mom. Like it's just random people. Um, and me, I was just in college, like I was a college kid. Um, but then you take this elevator ride home, like, or down to the parking garage and then you just walk away from each other. And it's this bonding experience and you're just like... I feel like we should, like, yeah. <laughs> stay connected, but you were, like, not supposed to. So it's very weird. I mean, I totally would if I was allowed to, but no, I, I have no connection to him because he wouldn't even, like, I don't know his name. Yeah. So, but that was just That's a random, cool, when I heard about that, I was like, oh my gosh, I, I just had this recovered memory of watching Power Rangers and wanting <laughs> so badly to be the, the But which person, color? The pink one. <laughs> I wanted to be, which is funny because I didn't even really like pink growing up. Yeah. I just liked that character mm-hmm. and I wanted, I wanted to be so bad. <laughs> but it changed every day for me what I wanted to do. But that just jogged that memory for me. Um, okay, jumping back in. Um, Peck himself in his life had a couple strange things happen. So, um, Two months before filming, his son com- completed suicide. Um, I believe he was a teenager, so that kind of started this weird phase for him. That's so sad. I know. Um, and it's sad thinking about going through something personal like that and then doing a movie like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's like it's just a dark. Lot. It's a lot of, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what mental state he was in, but then he was traveling to England to film for the movie when his plane was struck by lightning. What the heck? Um, and no one was hurt, but it's just like a fluke thing. Yeah. Um, then, uh, the, so those are a couple of things just him personally. He's involved in a couple other strange things, but it's not just him. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the staff for the movie hired a small plane to capture some aerial shots for the movie. But at the last minute, the plane was switched to a different client. Like they switched planes. That plane ended up crashing at take takeoff and killing everyone on board. But, and I've, I read in a couple sources... This, this was, man has some guardian angels, though. <laughs> well, yeah. No, this was... I don't think anyone... Uh, just staff would be in this this plane because it was getting aerial shots. But if it crashed into the scene, then yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, I mean, the stuff with his son... I, I was going to say, like, oh, it kind of seems like he has something good on his side. Yeah. But he obviously has been through bad stuff, yeah. too. So, it's just weird. Um, there's a couple sources that talked about how the plane 
landed on the pilot's family's car and what i couldn't heck? get like this was completely left out of several sources so you but in others yeah basically that like the pilot's family was waiting in the car like to watch it take off to like go to yeah. the site and it crashed into the car and killed the family i don't think that that's true because it's it's in very minimal sources yeah and something that big i feel like it would have been yes and there's a couple things that those sources that said that had in common mm -hmm. that I found to not be true, oh, okay. which I can point to later on in this. But so it seems like they might have just kind of exaggerated yeah. things. But I just thought that was like a tidbit, yeah, of, just in case that was true. Um, so two days later, the writer of the film, David Seltzer, was traveling to production in England, and his plane was also struck by lightning. What? And no odds? information on any damage done, but he was totally fine. So I don't know. I mean, I think they would have said if anyone passed away, yeah. but I don't know the state of the plane. Um, the executive producer, Mace Newfeld, Newfeld, I think. It's not Newfield, which I had originally, but Newfeld. Mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> it's okay. That's like the biggest stress for me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to disrespect yeah. anyone. But I'm, I'm doing the best I can. Um, he had planned a dinner with Peck, so the actor who mm -hmm. his son passed away and had the weird travel stuff, mm -hmm. and then some others on staff. And before they got there, the building was destroyed by an explosion. At a later point, Newfeld and his wife decided to check out of their hotel in London early, and a short time after that, the hotel was completely leveled by another explosion. What the heck? Yeah. What, did, do they know like where the explosion so, came from? Presumably, the IRA, which is the Irish Republican Army, is said to be responsible for random explosions. Like, basically, they were attacking them. So what the heck? They're said to be responsible for explosions, but two of them involved the same person. Yeah. Nearly. I mean, yeah. this is by... The dinner reservation was by hours. And then checking out of the hotel was by hours. So this is... It's almost oh, like man. a taunting, like, not yet. I know, I know. Oh, it's so... I mean, I genuinely feel like I would be on some hill meditating. Like, I, do, I couldn't take, I don't know how you would keep going with that. No. Like, I feel like I would be like, okay, there's way too many things. I know, and I don't know how you keep going with the movie. Mm -mm. I just... I, I couldn't... I couldn't do it. No. Um, so then we get into the most... Disturbing incident, in my opinion. Oh, gosh. This is like the the grand finale of it all. <laughs> um, this is what happened to the man who was over the special effects for some of the scenes, including a decapitation scene in The Omen. Uh -huh. um, during post-production, his name was John Richardson, and he had moved to another project called A Bridge Too Far in Holland. Mm-hmm. And on Friday the 13th, oh, gosh. he was involved in a horrific head-on collision that ended up decapitating his assistant, Liz Moore. Which, this is one of the examples I can point to of bad information from sources, because several sources that also amplified other information said his wife, um, and it was not his wife. So I'm, it's kind of just like lazy. Yeah, yeah. Like, you didn't really look into the information. You just assumed because it's a woman with him that it's his wife. Yeah. But no. It, but that's still insane. So according to him, his claim is that it was exactly like the decapitating Stop. that he had <laughs> planned. And, um, and it, like, haunted him for the rest of his life. Um, I mean, he's still alive. But haunts him to this day. He also observed a sign for a Dutch town called Omen. 
that is there. So there is a Dutch town right near called Omen, but it has two M's. Mm-hmm. And he, according to him, he said that the sign said that it was 66.6 kil- kilometers away. No, thank you. So that town is right there. It is that far away. But they say that they don't have fractional, like, kilometer signs like mm-hmm. that. So they're they're kind of like, I don't know. Mm, like, I the town you. is there. Mm-hmm. So either he was read it wrong because yeah. he was just out of it. He um, made it up for whatever reason. Yeah. Or something else showed him that. Oh, God. Like, but the omen is right there. Like That's that, terrifying. That is legit. And it is, like estimated to be about that far away so that's crazy yeah um so um oh this is like a random random tidbit i don't i forgot about this one one of the film stuntmen my heroes (laughs) um also went to work on the set of a bridge too far and on that movie set so he was like Part of this mm-hmm. thing, but kind of followed him. He was hospitalized after a simple jumping stunt went wrong. Um, so he, he was a normal jumping thing, but when he landed, he landed weird, and he he um, he claimed that something had pushed him. Mm. And everyone who observed it was like, there's no reason for him to be hurt this way because it's literally just jumping. Yeah. He, he landed like with a force basically oh, gosh. and his thing when he woke up in the hospital was something pushed me like I, I was not me um so again all of this is just strange things and it's like i don't really know how to prove it but, but it's if it's weird. that many strange things like coincidentally it's like is yeah. this a coincidence yeah okay so then we're gonna get into um damien so oh. this is just like a f- more like the oh, actual boy. yeah the actual like crime element uh-huh um oh, no. mildly but um he strangely his name was harvey stevens and he went mia for a long time and pi's After the movie? yes pi's uh private investigators um were hired by the production of the omen legacy which is a 90 minute documentary that they made after like some they had heard about the weird things that were happening mm-hmm. they couldn't find him like when they hired PIs to find him, how they old wanted was he? To, after he was probably a teenager at this point because it was a while yeah. after, um, and he had done a couple small roles, but mm-hmm. they couldn't locate him for this movie. And uh, he was uh, then he resurfaced to be in the remake for The Omen that oh. did so poorly. He was in that as the same person. Because he's a teenager I don't know, I didn't then. fully watch it, I just oh, know he was okay. in it. So, I mean, I don't... Yeah, it, it was either that they remade the movie, or they did, like, a later, and yeah, he's, like, he's, like, older. It's, like, him as he's older. I don't know how they did that. I probably should have looked into that, but... Um, <laughs> so, according to the director for The Omen, um, Richard Donner, he said that Harvey landed the part for Damien when he was four years old. Mm-hmm. Because... Uh, Donner was kind of antagonizing him and kind of riling him up. Mm-hmm. And no, what are you about to say? Harvey attacked Donner and punched him in the crotch. And Donner like loved that because he had guts. Yeah, like he had like this like yeah. like kind of feisty spirit yeah. about him. So he was, you know, whatever. Um. So then. I read all of these articles and nothing mentioned this. And then I like 
found this one, I think I went to like Wikipedia for Harvey Stevens. Mm -hmm. And then I was able to like look up records and like this actually happened, but nowhere talks about this. And I've heard podcasts cover this story, but no one talks about this. And it's, it's just kind of weird. Like it's Mm -hmm. kind of a fun little tidbit of information, but, um, on January 13th, 2017, oh gosh, which happens to be Friday the 13th. Of course it does. <laughs> Stevens was given a suspended prison sentence for a road rage attack on two cyclists that occurred in August of 2016. So, apparently he had repeatedly used his horn like aggressively when riders Mark Richardson and Alex Manley were out cycling. They were separately, like they didn't know each other, but they mm-hmm. were next to each other. And they were side by side on the road. And as he was being, like, pushed into the other guy, Richardson responded by giving Stevens the middle finger. Mm-hmm. And he did not appreciate that gesture. So he got out of his car. No. Um, he punched Richardson, knocking him unconscious, which prompted the other man, Manly, <laughs> um, to intervene. Stevens responded by asking Manly, you want some, do you? In his cool accent, because, mm-hmm. you know, he's not from here. Um, you want some, do you? Before punching him twice in the face, causing him to fall on his back with his bicycle still between his legs. So he was still straddling his bicycle, and he punched him and, like, fell back with it. Um, then Stevens held him down and punched him several times. So in 2017... Got some therapy. Correct. Who knows what has happened to him that we just don't yeah. know about, in my opinion. Yeah, for just, sure. If these weird things are happening, yeah. and there's adults that know how to process that and are saying, here's some strange things that are happening. Yeah. A four-year-old kid who may not know what's going on, mm. I don't know. I have no proof of anything, but I think he's got some demons. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 2017, at Maidstone Crown Court, Judge Martin Joy sentenced Stevens to 12 months in jail for causing actual bodily harm and two months for criminal damage. Um, he was also ordered to undergo rehabilitation, perform 150 hours of unpaid work, and pay compensation of 1,000 pounds to each victim, and an extra 120 pounds to Mr. Manley for his damaged damaged helmet, <laughs> which I thought was very <laughs> that's, that's kind of funny. But it was just funny to me because I'm like, that's kind of a crazy part of this story, yeah. the effect it had on his personal life and no excuse for his behavior but what happened in his life to make him so react that like yes but also he kind of seemed like he had a little bit of anger or whatever when he was when just he four. first yeah so I so he could have had just like a rougher childhood in general and i always and then I that mean, probably didn't help i don't know i just i don't i don't know his childhood story like his anything about his parents or anything yeah but he seems like he's got some oh, things he's trying that's to recent too yeah so that's the omen. Um, crazy coincidence? I mean, what do you think? Do you think coincidence? Do you think- no, I don't think that's a coincidence at all. Definitely. I 100% think that, like, if you, and I mean, you may have a different opinion or other people may have a different opinion, but I think, like, being that involved in something like that is going to invite something. I agree. I don't know what it is, but, like, I, yeah, <laughs> that stuff terrifies me. I agree, and I think about that, and then I'm like, I hope tell, like retelling the story doesn't do that so. too. But I don't think so because it's 
it's not an invitation. It's just, oh, no, you know, yeah. I'm not like antagonizing anything. I'm yeah. just telling a story. So, I mean, it's a little different than like having this idea and then like creating like something out of it. I mean, the basis for it is the person who had the idea was like, don't do this. Yeah. That's your first flag of, I, I don't yeah. know that we should keep going with this, but. Well, All right, Singapore, Laura, I hope you enjoyed that story. You need to pray after this. Pray, <laughs> sage, whatever, uh, meditate. <laughs> Go watch The Omen, however you process these things. Yeah, I will not be doing that based no, off I, of... No, this movie you would not enjoy at all. No, I wouldn't. No. Based off of what but I told you was, earlier. It was well done. Was, I mean, not worth the hassle, I would say, but it was well done. That's insane. Well. All righty. Isn't it hard to, like... Focus on what I'm saying when you know you still have your story. Yeah, I think it's like it's like the it's like the thing where it's like you you like just get yours over with and then it feels like the work is done and then you can just like enjoy it. Yeah, but not that I don't enjoy reading the story. It's just it's definitely different. It was well, you're just more focused. I feel yeah. like when I would go second. I was constantly things in your story would remind me of my yeah. story and stuff. So I, I would really have to focus, like try yeah. to like really pay attention. I get that. So, I feel that. I'm excited to just listen now. So entertain well, me. Um, uh, that's funny that you mentioned that because I um, story is in France, and so there's a lot of names oh, here, nice. FYI, that I might not pronounce. Okay. I'm glad you're stepping Correct. into this first. Because there was a couple stories that I wanted to do from other countries, and I was so afraid to mispronounce them. But you do it first, and I'll. I'm people... not gonna lie. I did look up certain names, like because it, it was like cities and like just like schools and stuff. And so I was like, let me look it up and just make sure I. My story, because right. I've already started up. My story for next week has um, something in Spanish, mm-hmm. but I'm just gonna have you say it. You'll say it pretty, <laughs> and I don't want to butcher it. So that's that funny. that is funny. Um, and I love that you picked the episode where we give people an email where they can write it. <laughs> They're gonna be like, um, this, this, this. Yikes! Well, it's okay. I'm gonna try my best. But we'll have our assistant read all of them. <laughs> our assistant. <laughs> um. So my story, the. Guy, so I found this story off the New Yorker, which is like a, just like what is it yeah. called? What is that technically called? Like um, a, it's not a newspaper. Like what is the newspaper online called? Like what is that? Is that a thing? I mean, it's just article, like yeah. publication. Yeah, I don't know what it's called. But anyways, it's off of the New York New Yorker, and the author is a French reporter named David Gran. And I'm specifically mentioning what that because... What a boring name for someone who's from France. David Gran. Yeah, yeah that's, that's easy enough. He may have moved there. Grand. Like, he may be... Grand. I don't know if he's Grand. French. I just... True. He might be an American that, like, just lives in France. So, but I bet you read that name and you were like, I got this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he did such an awesome job with the story because he, like, actually spoke to people and, like, kind of dived in. And so I just kind of wanted to give him rep. And a lot of it is, like, specific quotations because he, like, actually talked to these people. Got it. I'm sorry for making fun of your name. <laughs> you're great. You're doing great. You're doing, I don't know what you've been up to, but you're, you're doing great. You're doing amazing, Zoe. Um, Okay, so the story starts on May 3rd, 2005 in France. A man called an emergency hotline for missing children. He frantically explained that he was a tourist passing through Orthez. 
in that <laughs> the train station. I just want to say your confidence. <laughs> I'll, I'll try better. <laughs> um, so he was a tourist. He was passing by Arthez, and he was at a train station when he found a saw a 15 year old boy who was alone and looked super scared. Um, they also received another similar similar call on the hotline. Um, several calls and the boy eventually by himself just arrived at a local government like child welfare office which is already kind of weird but yeah he arrived he was skinny and short with pale skin oh, and... so me. <laughs> <laughs> um he wore a muffler around much of his face and yeah. had a ma- a baseball cap pulled over his eyes me <laughs> me me when it gets like slightly colder in florida when it's 80 degrees i'm like oh it's freezing um he didn't have any money with him and he carried a cell phone and an id and his id said that his name was francisco hernandez fernandez which is kind of funny <laughs> hernandez fernandez very uh creative here um and he was born on december <laughs> this is really funny <laughs> he was born on december 13 1989 Oh. Who was born on that day? Okay. Also, guys, we love Taylor Swift. <laughs> if you like, don't like her. Yeah. I, but I, I was like, like I, what I will say is, I feel like you're just uninformed. Just try. Because, I mean, people were like, "Oh, she's a liar. She's whatever." And then all this came up about Kanye West literally yes. editing it, and nobody paid attention. No. See? And then now everyone's like. Oh, I just don't want to talk about it. Like, right. Because you they, were wrong. they picked the wrong side and mm-hmm. people who track her and people who pay attention to her, people who go to her shows know mm-hmm. that she's such a genuinely kind person who cares yes. about people and really puts a lot of effort into being vulnerable for people. She's not just like, I don't know that it's not, it's very, um, it's personal. not like the snaky person that oh people think that she is. And she's brilliant for playing into that. A hundred percent. But anyways, okay. But yeah, I was like, once I read that, I was like, I have to do the story. Yeah. I would Um, say that's probably what we bonded over first, is our love for her. (laughs) Probably. Oh my gosh. This podcast was (laughs) brought to you by Taylor Swift. (laughs) But if you hear this, Taylor, please be our friend. Oh my gosh. Imagine she's like... Shot of Crime and the Twist of Lime brought to you by Taylor Swift. I feel like she'd be into it. Like, I feel like she'd be into it. Oh yeah. She definitely listens to True Crime. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Um, but yeah, this this kid said his ID said that he was born on December thirteenth, nineteen ninety, in Caceres, Spain. Initially, he barely spoke, but after some time, he revealed that his parents and his younger brother had been killed in a car accident. The crash left him in a coma for several weeks, and then after he recovered, he was sent to live with an uncle who apparently abused him. This is mm-hmm. all like him just saying that that's allegedly, what happened. yeah. Um, he finally fled to France where his mother had grown up. Doesn't France. really talk about how he got there. Like France. as like a teenager, just said, oh, I came here. Um, maybe French... he doesn't remember. I go places all the time and don't know. That's how true. I got if there. he legitimately went through a coma, maybe he did have like a fugue state kind of thing. I genuinely will get McDonald's fries and not remember my drive because I'm so focused <laughs> on the taste of my fries. Okay, continue. Uh, French authorities placed Francisco at the St. Vincent de Paul shelter in the nearby city of Pau. I feel like Pau Pau is like an Italian thing, but it's not. French. Anyways, Francisco was given a single room, and he seemed relieved to be able to wash and change in private. His head and body, he explained, again, never seen, he explained, were covered in burns and scars from the car accident. 
He was then enrolled at the Collège Jean Monnet. Kind of sounds that nice. Oh. A local secondary school. <laughs> that was sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Although uh, students were forbidden to wear hats, the principal at the time, Claire Shadorn, which is also a super sick name, Claire Shadorn, sounds like a fashion like company owner yeah she Shadorn made an exception for Francisco who said that he she feared being he feared being teased about his scars so she was like that's okay we'll make an exception yeah like many of the social workers and teachers who dealt with Francisco Shadorn felt protective towards him he had baggy pants and his cell phone dangling from a cord around his neck which apparently was a thing then I'm sorry what is the timeline for this like while he's at the school it's too, still 2005 okay i got mm-hmm. lost in the 1989 <laughs> and i was like he was so born long. in 1989 got it okay. well his id said he was born I in 1989 so like 2005 what was what was the style the fashion what was like the um like what were the songs that were out at that time 2005 i'm looking it up don't worry one of my biggest pet, peeve, pet peeves when I'm listening to a podcast is when they ask a question like that and then they don't answer it. Because I'm listening and I'm like, no, no, no. Like, tell, tell me. me. Um, photograph Nickelback. Okay. Okay, I can place myself in that yeah. time. Don't funk with my heart. Black Especially, Eyed Peas. Yep. Frankie J Obsession. Oh, that, this is my obsession. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Chris Brown. Okay, yes. Oh, yeah. Sugar, we're going it. down. I feel Fall it. Out Boy, yes. The angst is real. I, yep. I, Mariah carries all over it. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's okay, where I'm there. Got it. So he had baggy pants and his cell phone dangling from a cord around his neck. He looked like a typical teenager, but he seemed deeply traumatized. Mm. He never changed his clothes in front of the other students in gym class and resisted being subjected to a medical exam. He spoke very softly with his head bowed and recoiled if anybody tried to touch him. So it just seemed like he had like a lot going on and didn't really want to talk about it. Slowly, Francisco began hanging out with other kids at recess and participating in class. Since he enrolled so late in the school year, his uh, like English teacher, literature teacher, asked another student, Rafael, his full name is Rafael Pessoa de Almeida, but we're just going to say Rafael. Uh, she asked <laughs> Raphael I'm to... just wondering how much I would have butchered that name if it were me. Because you have... <laughs> you're, like... Like, you speak other languages, and you you can kind of apply that. To be fair, that name sounds very Hispanic. Let me, let me see it. Rafael Pessoa No, no, no. Don't Almeida. say it. Don't say it. Okay. Rafael Pessoa de El- Almeida. <laughs> I'm so white. Oh, no. That's okay. You're, you tried. But yeah, that doesn't. That's not a French name. So I'm assuming maybe no. this guy yeah. came from Spain or something. But Rafael was helping Francisco with schoolwork, and Rafael mentioned this guy can learn like lightning. That's specifically what he told oh his my reporter. Gosh, that's what they say about me. I am him. <laughs> You're lots of people in this story. No, I'm just him. Oh. Wait, isn't he still talking about the skinny pale kid? Oh yeah, Rafael's talking about him. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Right. <clears throat> One day after school, Rafael asked Francisco if he wanted to go ice skating, and the two became friends. They played video games, they shared school gossip, they were just typical teen boys. I feel like I'm so interrupting this story. (laughs) This is going to be a problem. If I go go first, second, I'm going to be so annoying. But don't tell me that their friendship isn't, like, 
good. I can't tell you that yet. Because I really like that. That makes me so There's happy. There's a twist. I can't tell uh, you this. I honestly thought you might have heard about this story. Probably, once I hear the twist. I yeah. usually only remember the, like... The punchline, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Francisco... Uh, where am I? Sorry. <laughs> I got distracted. Ice skating, their buddies. Yes, their buddies. Rafael sometimes picked on his younger brother, and Francisco recalled that he... Like, as brothers would just, you know... If you punch your brother as, like, a... Just, like, annoying brother things, you right. know what I mean? He would do that to his sibling. And Francisco kept telling him, make sure you love your brother and stay close. He would always just kind of be protective over him. At one point, Rafael borrowed Francisco's cell phone. To his surprise, its address book and call log were protected by security codes. Rafael returned the phone. Francisco displayed a photo on the screen of the phone of a young boy who looked just like Francisco and said, that's my brother. Francisco was soon one of the most popular kids in school. He showed off to the classmates with his knowledge of music and slang, which is funny because we know what was popular then. He even knew... Well, it might have been different in France. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I didn't think about I was that. just trying to put myself in yeah. that time. I wonder what was... Yeah. But yeah, he knew music, slang. He even knew American slang. And so all the kids were just hyping him up because they thought that, were, that was cool. A teacher at the school said specifically the students loved him. He had this aura about him, this charisma. Oh my gosh, he's me. <laughs> I, that joke is dead now. It's too much. <laughs> That's a twist. It's you. <laughs> I have something to tell you. Um, I I feel like this whole thing could be one of those inspiring, cheesy movies where, like, everybody comes around him and, like, stop. And then it just ends there. Yes. <laughs> it just ends there and they're happy. Like, the ending is, like, the fact that they're all, like, you know, helping him become himself and encouraging him. And he moves on to be this, like, musician or something. Unfortunately, it does not end that way. <sighs> However, the ending is a little positive, so you can kind of look forward to that the ending ending of the story but okay it's gonna get bad before it gets good okay so during tryouts for a talent show the music teacher asked francisco if he was interested in performing he was a little hesitant at first but he ended up doing it so he handed her a cd to play walked to the end of the room tilted his hat and waited for the music to start michael jackson's song unbreakable began playing so i guess that was kind of popular and francisco started to dance like the pop star twisting his like hips and lip singing he was just super (laughs) into it the music teacher said he didn't just look like Michael Jackson. He was Michael wow. Jackson. Like, he sincerely just was, like, so into it. Later, I really want to like him. <laughs> I mean, okay, don't, I have a yeah. soft spot. Okay. Later in a computer class, Francisco showed Raphael an internet image of a small reptile with a slithery tongue. And Raphael asked, what's that? Francisco replied, it's a chameleon. And that's that. On June 8th... Wait. So he showed him a picture of... There's got to be a reason, though. That you yeah. Have okay. You'll, you'll, I it'll thinking, come back around. I was like, are we just putting... <laughs> <laughs> it'll come back around. On June 8th of the same year, an administrator rushed into the principal's office. She said that she had been watching a TV program the other night about one of the world's most infamous imposters, Frederick Bourdin, a 30-year-old Frenchman who seriously, serially impersonated children. Oh my gosh, it's him. No. She said, I swear to God, Bourdain looks exactly like Francisco Hernandez Fernandez. Shadorn, Claire Shadorn, who was a principal, was shocked. She said 30 would make Francisco older than some of his teachers, some of her teachers too. She did a quick internet search for Frederick Bourdain and hundreds of news items came up about the king of imposters and the master of new identities who, like Peter Pan, didn't want to grow up. A photograph of Bourdain closely resembled Francisco. Police eventually arrived. 
Shador sent the assistant principal to get Francisco from class. And as Francisco entered Shadorn's office, the police grabbed him violently and threw him against the wall. And Shadorn was scared, thinking, what if he really is an abused orphan? Like, that's terrifying. Yeah. But also, that's so unnecessary. Like, even if he is this person, like, you don't have to throw Apparently, him at this point, though, like, he was widely, like, searched for. Like, it right. was one of those things where they were, like, him. on he's the lookout. He's cornered. I guess they might, they might not in... know if he's dangerous or something, oh which he wasn't. He wasn't carrying anything. To this, like, till up until then, he had done nothing weird. Like, he had, hadn't done anything crazy. Yeah. I he was just, I just He literally was just living so the life unnecessary. of a teenage boy. But while handcuffed, uh, while handcuffing Bourdain, the police removed his baseball cap, and there were no scars on his head. He oh. was actually going bald. He then said, I want a lawyer, and his voice suddenly dropped to that of a man. (gasps) (laughs) At police headquarters, he admitted that he was Frederick Bourdain, and that in the past decade and a half, he had, uh, like, invented over 350 identities in more than 15 countries and five languages. He was unusually great at transforming his appearance, his facial hair, his weight, his walk, his mannerisms. It's like he became somebody else just for the fun of it. Should have been an actor. I'll get there. (laughs) (laughs) He said to the police headquarters, I can become whatever I want. A police captain in Powell said when he talked in Spanish, he became a Spaniard. When he talked in English, he was an Englishman. No one knew that he wasn't those things because he was so good at it. Wow. Over the years, his all his cons extended to so many places. Spain, Germany, Belgium, England, Ireland, Italy, Luxembourg, Singapore, Switzerland, <laughs> Bosnia, Portugal, Austria, Slovakia, wow. France, Sweden, Denmark, Slovakia. and America. All those places. Investigators looked at signs of anything like, is he a pedophile? Is he like, was he trying to like... Harm why somebody like to go what like what the heck yeah why and they found nothing like this guy just was an actor like he didn't there was no reason it also is i mean there's people that want to go to prison because that gives them some structure if they're lost out in the yep. world it gives you structure it gives you stability it gives you something to do every day so if you're kind of floating and not not knowing what That's to crazy. do you could just be wanting to i mean he honestly should have gone in with like Undercover agents. Yeah, they hire really, he would have killed that. Yeah, he definitely you. has some um, past stuff of like why he did this and all that stuff. But he um, told the reporter that he liked just the show aspect of it all. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of times that in his identities, he himself like reported himself if it went too long because he just got bored and wanted like a new like a new story almost. So he would just like report himself and then like somehow like escape it and then just be like okay because he never actually did anything like he didn't harm anybody or he didn't like do anything weird then he wasn't ever kept in like jail for like longer than six months because it was just like i'm just taking an identity of someone that i made up so it's almost like you can't really incriminate somebody for that but yeah he liked the show i hate to say but it's kind of a other than using taxpayer money it's kind of a harmless it is crime. which they're, they were kept trying to find like what the heck why are you doing this like it's so extra to do 350 identities over the past decade it's kind of like why are you doing this, this? really could be a movie oh so apparently after i did all this research there is a netflix documentary about it it's called chameleon <gasps> oh, okay i'm so watching this oh no it's called imposter something imposter. like that they should have called it chameleon because that's what he looked I up know. on the computer yeah 
So after this whole incident, though, he was arrested for six months, and he then he was released. A lot of people said he sometimes he his he was very different on his like style. So sometimes he would dress like a rapper. Sometimes he dressed like a businessman. Like every day, he just kind of had this new persona that he wanted to dress up like. Um, when he sat with this reporter, the French reporter, he, the reporter asked him, he was never like creepy in the way he spoke too. It literally, it's like, as if you're watching an interview of like an actor and then they're not in their like actor and they're just talking to you like normal. And they're just telling like this man didn't, wasn't weird. It was just literally like an act for him. It's probably less weird than most actors. (laughs) Probably. I wouldn't doubt it. But he sat with the reporter and the reporter asked him why, like, why are you doing this? What, what reasoning do you have behind this? And he said, I'll give you the reason behind my lies. So he kind of told him his backstory and growing up, how it was. And basically, his mom was young when she had him. And he seems to be there. Like, it's for the, for the fact that he's able to retrace and be like, okay, I grew up this way, which is why I'm this way. He kind of, like, admits to himself, like, he knows why he's the way he is. So he's, like, self-aware. Yeah, he's completely self-aware of yeah. who he is and why he's like that. And he might just be, I mean... I don't know sometimes there's not like a grand like this is exactly why i'm doing yeah. this if he's just his mind is like that and he's bored yep. i mean the, I and he he'll, he says it at the end yeah why, like what's his main goal but basically his mom was young when she had him and she the father was this man who was married but the mom didn't know that yet and so when she found out after she was pregnant she didn't want to ruin his life so she just kind of escaped like pregnant and then had the kid cat frederick by herself so after that he was raised by his grandparents because she was declared unfit to raise him she was always like partying going out she was a young mom she was a kid um and he kept saying that she loved the attention like every little thing she was just it was all about her so sometimes she would he would go visit her and she would just fall to the ground and be like i'm dying call the police and he would be like ah like okay like she just liked like the Ah, show aspect of theatrics exactly she was very much like that and uh, in school as he was like growing up his mom said that he was always faking stories like he would always he would go go to school and say oh my dad's this big shot guy but like his dad's not even in the picture so he would just kind of create stories the to get sad part attention. about that is i feel like people are so drawn to him because of that but also all of your relationships are surface level because yeah there's such a web of lies like you're, there's not an actual you you're building this wall around yourself where people can't really get to the truth oh well and, and and it makes sense like a lot i feel like a lot of people do that obviously to not this extent but a lot of people there's so much like trauma in their life that they mm-hmm. almost want to like escape in that way and he ends up doing that i didn't include this in here because i was trying to scale it down because there's a lot of information <laughs> but when he's in his 30s he before the end of the story he sends a note to the police saying that him like his actual self frederick was like dead somehow and then it gets back to his mom and his mom is like terrified and like so sad because her son died but he literally just wanted to get rid of his actual identity and just continue his life as these random people Mm. that he made up so he like literally just didn't want that person to literally that's what he did um his rationale through all of this was always that he wanted a home and a family and so anytime he impersonated a child and he was found or something he would they would always say like what can we do for you he's like i just want a home and i want a family he would sometimes say i just want to go to a good school but that was his his thing growing up many people asked him why he didn't just become an actor because he was just so good at it 
And he always replied that he didn't want to play someone, he wanted to be someone. So that's why he like did it to that extent. Well, because everyone knows you're playing someone. He yeah. wants everyone to he wants to be able to sell it to everyone. Yeah, he wants to have an identity. Mm-hmm. There was a case of which is funny because my original story was about this case and then when I looked into it, I was like there's so much more about this. <laughs> so then I kind of went back. So I won't tell you every detail about this story, but basically after this whole school incident happened like years later he did it again he did this all the time but this was kind of one that was one of the biggest ones that he got um imprisoned for longer and it was the case of nicholas barclay and it was in the u.s this was the first one that was like in the united states and he was terrified that it wasn't going to work that well because of like the barriers but basically a 12 year old went missing in texas and this kid nicholas and he was playing basketball with his friends and asked, called his mom, and called home and said, hey, can somebody come pick me up? And his mom was sleeping and his older brother who drove around was like, you can walk home, it's fine. <sighs> he ends up never coming home. And this apparently this kid had a lot of past like juvenile stuff to where he would like rob things. And he was a, just a teenager, like yeah. a punk kid kind of. Yeah. And so everyone just kind of thought, he would sometimes go missing for a day, but then he'd come back and be like, oh, I was at my friend's for a couple days. Right. So when he went missing, they were just like, oh, he's with a friend for a couple days. They didn't really care. He had really bad home life. His mom was like on drugs and the brother, it was just a lot. So I don't think they really paid attention to him. Mm-hmm. But after like a couple days that he was missing, they reported him missing. And so he was missing for three years. Well, after he was missing for three years, the police in... Texas, wherever, I don't remember what city they were in, got a report from a man saying that he found, he was looking at a missing, like, kids in the U.S., which is random, and found that there was a kid missing, Nicholas, and he said that he saw him in France. So he said that, like, the kid's here, like, what do I do? And so the police in, in France ended up connecting with the police in Texas and got this kid who claimed to be Nicholas shipped over to the U.S., Now, the weirdest thing, the fact that this even was a thing, it's only been three years. So at this point, this 12-year-old is a 15-year-old now, right? Right. And so this man, man, Frederick is a really short guy, so I guess he just passed off as like like that, showed up at the airport. His like mom, his sister, and brother, and everybody sees them and is all like, yep, that's him. Like, no no one like... No one, like... I don't know if they were all high. Like, I don't know what the details were, but I don't know how... No. So here's the thing. Frederick thought of like all the details on like what he was going to tell them. So he was really good at impersonating accents, but you could still tell a little bit that he had a French accent. You could get away with it more in Europe because if you're going from like France to Spain, you can kind of get away with it more. But if you're going from like European to American, you can still tell a little bit. But what he told them is that he was just around fr- French people no. a lot, and so his accent kind of like, changed. I feel like instinctually you know if that's your family. I'm telling you, I think the family was kind of like out, out of, of it. it. They had a lot of drug problems, so they were probably just kind of like, I don't know. Wow. But uh, Nicholas had blue hair and blonde eyes, and Frederick has brown hair and brown eyes. And he told them that what Wait, happened... Nicholas had blue hair? Sorry, a blonde hair. Blonde hair, blue eyes. That's I'm what I meant. I'm picturing it. I'm like, okay. I mean, that happens. No. Like... Nicholas had blonde hair, blue eyes, but Frederick had brown hair, blue eyes. Brown hair, brown eyes. Goodness gracious. <laughs> <laughs> and basically... He had what, hair and eyes. Okay. Yeah. What Frederick told the family was that he was kidnapped by these French men who had like a sex nope. ring. 
and they not only abused him but that they were testing out experiments and so they changed his eye color with these crazy experiments and dyed his hair and that's what like they said and the parents were like all right cool so (laughs) literally so they came in now the mom her name was beverly the mom knew already before nicholas left that nicholas just like i said he was a punk kid so they're like he he couldn't really control them so Beverly said, asked her brother to move in with them to kind of help because they didn't really, he didn't really have like a father figure. Uh-huh. And so the uncle came and moved in with them. But then the uncle was starting to realize like, uh, like, I don't think you guys got the wrong guy. Like, it's like, how do I tell you this? <laughs> Literally. But it went a couple of months of him just making sure because he didn't want to, it, if it was Nicholas, like he clearly... That was a car outside. <laughs> he clearly would be very scarred to where he would be a different person. Like, obviously, if you went through trauma, you would not be the same exact person. So yeah. he was trying to give him a little bit of grace of, like, if this is actually Nicholas, like, I don't want to, you know, cause more trauma to him. So it went a couple of months, and then he finally was like, no, like, this isn't right. So he talked to a private investigator, and the private investigator came and, like, talked to Nicholas and a couple of things, and then they ended up realizing. It's this whole big back-and-forth thing. But they end up realizing that it's not him, and then he confesses and is like, I'm I would not say him. that's crossing a line for me with him. Like, I like him. And oh, I yeah, don't for sure. Think, I don't think up to this point I had a problem with him. I do have a problem when you're giving a family false hope and making them think that their yep. son is back. However crappy the family is, like, for buying it and their own issues and not really caring when he went missing. Yeah. But I do, th- I like, that's where I would say, like, he crossed a line for me is that is something that's affecting other people and for sure. impacting them. And, I mean, even the uncle trying to figure out how he's going to say it. And, I mean, I know. It's, it's, it's horrible. That's not good. So, apparently, in all of his, like, things that he did, like, all of the people that he just pretended to be, there was, all, there was three that was not to this extent. It didn't go that far. This was the one that went the farthest. The farthest yeah. But there, the other two were like missing children that he impersonated to be. So no. he did do things like yeah. that. But most most of them was just fictional people that he would pretend to be. But yeah, that's the story of Nicholas Barclay, which was the only story that I was going to tell until I realized that this wow. guy was like um, serial. But he was... So the usual sentence for something like this, I don't know if it's changed for now, but back then it was two years you would have been imprisoned. But because of the, like, impact that he did on this family, obviously, like, all of the stuff he did, they put him in prison. They sentenced him to six years. So three times the regular amount. (laughs) I could go on a rampage when it comes to sentences for Mm -hmm. things. Because you have someone who, like, rapes someone, murders someone in a domestic dispute where whatever... And they will go in for, like, six months, a year, whatever, post-bail, get, you know, these light charges. And you have somebody that, yes, has done something wrong, obviously needs help, but they shouldn't... That's not a two-year sentence. I know. It's crazy. Like, I don't understand. And then you have somebody who has, like, a little bit of weed on them, and they go away for seven years. And maybe it's changed. I don't know if it's changed now, but that's... I mean, this wasn't that long ago, but... Yeah, so I mean, hopefully, I mean, legalizing weed obviously has affected yeah. that aspect of it, but I just don't, I don't understand. I don't either, but but yeah, he was sentenced to six years, and then when he left, he went back to France, obviously, 
and he met a French woman named Isabel. He said when they met, he was so surprised that she was even interested in him because his whole life he had always been like a shell. He was always like a wall and he didn't want to ever let anybody in. And so he was like shocked that she was like willing to like get to know like Frederick and not any of these identities. And he's probably getting to know himself for the first time too. Like this is where it starts getting like good. (laughs) But they they do have they ended up having kids together. Right now, like currently, they have four kids. But at the time, uh, Isabel was pregnant with with her first, and the reporter went to France to like well he lived in France. The reporter is now talking to Frederick, and he said that this was the first time that he kind of just seemed different. He didn't seem like he was trying to impersonate anybody, but he was also kind of like, is this another act? Like, are you, like, being this person now? But he, when he got married and when Isabel got pregnant, at both instances, he let his family know, like, hey, I'm getting married. Like, hey, I'm having a kid. And all his family was like, we don't believe you. Like, you're just making up another story. We're not going to be there. Like, this isn't a thing. But then when they realized that he really did get married and that Isabel was really pregnant, all his family was literally like, this is just another act. Like, you can't just have a father act now. Like, this isn't a thing yeah. that you can just do. Which, I get that. Like, if he's done this his whole life, like, this could be another act. Yeah. And we don't know if it is or not to this day, but... I mean, from what you said, it seems like he gets... He moves on pretty quick. Yeah. So I feel like having something... I mean, I think at the end of the day, he was looking for some stability. Yes. Something to ground him. And what I would hope is that this person who genuinely cared about him and wanted to get to know him mm-hmm. kind of, like, gave him that. Yeah. And it's so, like a toddler wanting attention and not having, like, genuine love. Yeah. Like, you're just striving for something, like, yeah, and he, anything. I mean, his, his childhood, he didn't have that. So I think that if he... I mean, you, you went from one kid to now four. Obviously, he's still in that and yeah. still... And this uh, report was in 2008. So from 2008 till now, he had an additional three kids. But I saw yeah. pictures of him like with I the... I think I think he's probably found whatever he was looking for. So, last couple of things I'll say is the reporter spoke to Isabel separately, and she said, "I genuinely believe that he did change. Like I genuinely believe that this is actual Frederick." And when they were ta- when the reporter was talking to both of them in their one bedroom apartment. Frederick leaned over to Isabel, touched her belly, and said, "This is my home, my shelter, and no one will ever take this from me." I don't, I don't hate the guy. I know I like that's him. what I said. I have like a soft spot. Yeah. Months later, the reporter called Frederick just to check in on him and see how Isabel was doing with the baby, and they gave, uh, she gave birth to a healthy baby girl. They named her Aurora. Ooh. And the reporter asked Fred- Frederick if he had become another new person, and he replied, "This is who I am. This is where I have always wanted to be." I love that so much. I know. So, like, I get, like, he did so many bad things. But, and, and, you know, we don't, I mean, this could be another act. Uh, From his, like, stuff that he's done, he can definitely act anything. Yeah. Like, there's no limits to his acting. But I want to choose to believe that this is genuine. I I mean, my gut tells me that I I think he's done with that side of things. I think he's just looking for that. I'm really glad that he didn't find that in, like, high school where it gets weird because he's old. I'm glad that the way things worked out, minimal damage. I mean, there's definitely lines he crossed. Not cool. Yeah. Uh, From what you said, he took the punishment for that. So, I mean... 
I wish him the best. I, I really feel like he's found. This is like, him and his in Isabel. Oh my god! And then uh, these aren't accurate pictures. I've, there's one that I saw with him and his kids. Because some of this is from the movie. He kind of has movie. a face that can be, like. The 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 face that you're looking at a lot too is from the movie. Like there's, this guy is from the movie. Oh okay. So. I feel like if I just. But there was a picture with all his four Sorry kids. Sorry if I'm yelling like in your ear. One. I'm really close to the microphone right now. <laughs> it's okay. Like, that's from the movie, too. So him trying to be a teenager. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like... Oh, there we go. Oh, my gosh. But, I mean, it seems Wait, like he's... five. Maybe a cousin maybe he or had, a friend. Oh, yeah. It says that he has four currently. Oh, my gosh. No, I... I have yeah. a soft spot for him. I would love to see, not like a documentary, but like a movie. Yeah, me too. Well, I think that's what this is. I I, I might have said documentary, but it seems like it's a movie. Oh, okay. Well, I'll have to watch that. Maybe. I don't know. I didn't really look into like the reviews or like... When was this made? 2012. Uh... Uh, it says documentary, technically, but I don't know how it's filmed. It seems like it's filmed like a movie, but it says documentary. But it might just say that because it's like a real story. But yep, that's Frederick. That's amazing. I'm sorry, my mom texted me. How dare she? I'm so sorry. I'm just joking. <laughs> if anyone else but my mom. I, I thought my phone was off, and then I was like, oh my gosh, I need to reply to my mom. No, it's okay. That was an amazing story. I know. I'm kind of glad that I went second because it ends happy. Yeah, my story, not so much. Exactly. So I think that worked out. But I think we kept it pretty, you know, last week was kind of heavy. Yeah, this one was definitely lighter. Lighter, more fun. So, yep. All right. So we are going to end with something a little bit fun. (laughs) So that on the heavier weeks, we have like a little bit of a chaser and like palate cleanser. Yeah. Um, so the question for this one is, what is your guilty pleasure? The only one that I can think of that is like something that I definitely don't like to, you know, shout it from the rooftops is I love the trashiest reality TV shows. Mm. Like the more trashy, the better. (laughs) Like I love all of it. Like the drama, the just no class. Like I love watching it, which I think is just because it's so opposite from the life that I live. Yeah. That I just love it. I love the trash about it. Like, it can be just horrible quality drama the entire time. People just yelling at it. I love it. It makes you feel good about your life. You're like, <laughs> I might have some things going wrong, but I'm not there. I'm yeah. not in that place. I love it. Well, you just covered, like, 90% of my guilty pleasures. I knew you would You would have that. We, we have a lot of... I'm pretty open about my interest in that, though. So, guilty pleasure, I would say, like, where I don't necessarily advertise it. Um, probably the times I, like, listen to, like, mainstream music. Like, I, I listen to a lot of, like, okay, other okay. stuff. But, like, the times I throw on Justin Bieber in my car alone, <laughs> and I'm like... I don't hate this, like, but I don't necessarily advertise that, and I kind of pride myself in being a person who really likes like different stuff yeah. and stuff that's unheard of. 
But there are definitely times when it's just, you just put on music that like <laughs> everyone else is listening to and you jam out and it's okay. And I agree. I mean, old Britney Spears, like there's like some yes. really basic things that I just think are fun. And I think to bring it full circle to Taylor Swift, my favorite thing <laughs> that she has ever said, she said two things that resonated with me. One is if you don't get the joke, you don't deserve to. <laughs> and I constantly think that because a lot of times if I tell a joke you feel like you have to explain yourself and you're yeah. like Ugh. like if you don't get the joke yeah. whatever you don't get it that's that's uh, that's your loss and two she said that the worst kind of person is the person that makes someone feel bad for something that they love yeah and I feel like that's so true is that you know we all can get judgy at times and we all can kind of mm-hmm. if someone's enjoying themselves too much and you're not in the mood it's like oh my gosh shut up but <laughs> I do think that there's something to be said for just kind of delighting in people's happiness and letting yeah, them and be if happy. you don't like it, if it's If okay. make people happy, that's fine. Yeah. Like, even if it doesn't make you happy. What's up? You guys recording? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> don't feel sorry. You just need me featured. Um, okay, so what's your guilty pleasure? What's my guilty yes. pleasure? Something that you, you probably have to get a little bit closer. Oh. Um, something. Yeah. Surprise some, guest. <laughs> okay. Um, who is it? We shall never it's our, know. It's our waiter, and I, I need more drink. Yeah. Um, something you would say, like, you definitely don't want to advertise that you, like, listen to, watch. <laughs> uh, um, I've recently really gotten into anime. And <laughs> in my circle of friends, that can be somewhat judged. By... Or just, like, it can kind of be categorized as, like... Yeah, super nerdy. And yeah. Like... Own it. So, recommendation. What would you uh, recommend? I 100% recommend, recommend Death Note. Okay. I'm excited to watch that. That's really good. Um, and also one just watching another one called Hunter x Hunter. It's a little more uh, campy, a little more cheesy, but in the coronavirus season, it feels kind of nice to yes. <laughs> something, watch something cheesy. So. True. Yes. Well, thanks for your input. Yes. All right, guys. That's our uh, show. Hope you enjoyed, and we'll... Please write to us. Oh, yes. Send us an email. We want yes. to feature your story. Yeah. Shotofcrime at gmail. And it doesn't matter what kind of story. We're not picky. Um, or if you just are like, hey, I'm feeling kind of low today, and we'll send you some encouragement. Yeah, we'll send Whatever. you happy stuff, other than the really dark stuff that yes, we're talking and about this, in this podcast. This episode was brought to you by Singapore. So <laughs> Thanks, <we'll> Singapore. <laughs> Bye, guys. Okay, listen. I have to add this. <laughs> Thing I I was looking back at my notes before throwing them away, and it may not be a big deal to you, but this kind of just hit me. So the man who was involved in the car accident with yeah. the decapitation, yeah. which was the craziest part of the story, his last name is Richardson, and the man that Stevens punched out, no. who played Damien, his last name was Richardson. No. I think I'm the first person to connect those dots <laughs> in this entire story, so I don't know what what my prize is, but... Your compensation. Yes. Okay, so enjoy that little tidbit of information. I literally made us, like, record again so I could give you that, so there's your gift. All right, <laughs> goodbye for real. <laughs>